0: Hey everybody, this is Bevan and I've got my co-host Biscuit Reynolds and we're here to welcome you to Bevan, a femme over, over 40 and her friends podcast. See even I screw up the name of my podcast and I was the one who came up with it. Yeah, it's probably all the Biscuit Reynolds exploitation I can do. Um, I'm so grateful to get to introduce you to my friend Tamara. Um, she is a yoga instructor we met through Ashley Manta, actually. So many of the good things in my life come through Ashley Manta, the can sexual, has been on this podcast many times. And I met Tamara in a cohort with Ashley. And then I joined Tamara's macrocosm, microcosm, uh, intentional psilocybin microdosing journey. And it has been life-changing. We talk about that in this episode, including lots about plant medicine and her journey to becoming a full-time healer. And also at the very end of this episode, we do a breath work. So it's, I really hope if if you, if you, when you listen to this whole episode, that you leave feeling closer to that soothing part of yourself that is always bringing you back to home. Um, Because there, I believe there's a part of us that is so soothing and it is the home within ourselves. And we find our home and our love. Within ourselves. Um, I'm so excited to get to to, the camera. She's just so great. Uh, Okay, so, but before we get to that, let me tell you about the best way to support this podcast, which is my Patreon page. Uh, Tamara is also a Patreon supported uh, healer. And you can join her Patreon. Those links are in the show notes. But Patreon is a membership support site that allows folks like you to support creators like us uh, who make work that you value. Um, I do this podcast for free because I really am very passionate about teaching people about all the myriad ways there are to be a happy, successful adult. And I think my friends really show that. And I do solo episodes to just teach you What I've learned, um, a lot of people use the term influencer, and long before that was even a term, I have simply been finding my own piece and sharing the recipe online in whatever way and method I can do that. So hopefully in the future, I'll have a fancy editor for my podcast, and like you'll get the unedited versions of the podcast under the Patreon, but for now we're just, we're just pals here. Uh, so Patreon, dot com slash F-K-D-P, which stands for Fat Kid Dance Party, which is my aerobics class for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. If you've ever been called too much, too fat, or felt too awkward to dance, mine is the supportive class for you. Membership starts at seven bucks a month, and that includes all of my Zoom aerobics classes. Um, we meet up, at least once a week on Zoom from all over the world. And we dance together. We do aerobics specifically, like there's choreography. So it's not just like us dancing in a room, which would be fun too, but it's, you know, I'm a Capricorn and I'm an ADHD cutie. I got to keep it moving. Right. Um, So (laughs) we have those Zoom classes. It also includes my spiritual self-care lessons. I've learned a lot about spirituality and self-care, and I'd love to give you shortcuts and help you um, i've been working on my body liberation journey for twenty five years, and I want you to get there way faster than I ever did um so we do that with aerobics there's also an on demand membership which i'm particularly fond of because it's what is those memberships have enabled this to be my full time job and my main focus, which is very um just a dream come true truly is to be able to focus on my art and activism and making the world better and helping people heal um, and so the on demand membership includes six aerobics classes at a time, a 10-minute class, two 20-minute classes, uh, a f- two 55-minute classes, um, a low-tempo class that is slower, more repetitive choreography, which uh, could be used to accompany an optional cannabis experience. We talk a lot about that in this episode, but it's just low-tempo, right? Um, and then I also have chair aerobics classes. So there's always a new chair class, plus there's six in a chair membership. So you get seven chair episodes total plus like a bunch of aerobics classes I film them in the woods and when I'm able to tour safely again um I will be recording all of my tour classes for the on-demand membership and included in that bonus 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 right included in that is a bunch of self-care parties uh that are basically like mini retreats to have at your house um so paint classes uh with canisized uh or low tempo or halftime parties depending on which class it is there's an art therapy class um and coming up this weekend i'm filming it it's going to go on the on-demand membership there's a whole entheogenic afternoon so entheogens are ways of connecting to the divine typically through plants um but you could use it with like you know rose oil or essential oils or tea or like cannabis or psilocybin like whatever you want to do right so, there's an aerobics class that we start with. We're going to then go into, um, hosted by Tamara, a yoga nidra session with her and a little bit of sound healing. And then we'll move into a laughter yoga class with my friend Claire, who I've interviewed on this podcast before. And then we're going to go into a journaling and um, a tarot card spread taught by Mindy of Aries Art Northwest, who's also been on this podcast and the whole time on Zoom. Uh, We're going to have a live oil painting created by Kendra of Street Rat Draws, whose shock has also already been on the podcast. And um, that painting is going to be available through merch that Kendra is going to create. So it's just so incredible to like watch one of Kendra's paintings come alive and then get to touch it and feel it and have it as a memory from an event. So that whole thing is available for any of my members at the $7 level. Uh, to attend live but at the on-demand level that's how you get the replay so I try to just bonus 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 that membership because it really is the sustaining membership that keeps this going so um, if you've ever been called too much too fat or felt too awkward to dance mine is the supportive class for you and I really do think that we all have this space of home we can find in ourselves and it comes through all of our practices that help us bring ourselves home to each other and to ourselves. We are all just walking each other home, after all. Okay, so Patreon.com/fkdp. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. Thank you so much for supporting me. And on with the show. Tamara, welcome to the podcast. Yay! Thanks for
1: having me, Bevin. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so excited to share you with everyone. Will you uh, give us your elevator pitch? Who are you in the world? What do you do? What do you offer? Sure. Um,
1: so I'm Tamara Chan. I am a yogi, I guess, first and foremost. And I'm really passionate about bringing earth medicine to the mat and adding intention to each practice so basically i help my clients identify their dreams and desires first and foremost and then i work with them to match their frequency to align with their desired reality so it's all about manifesting exactly what they're calling in because i truly believe that we as humans embody limitlessness it is our birthright. It is what we are all here for. We are innate creators. So, um, yeah, and the earth, when I say earth medicine, I work with cacao, um, cannabis, and mushrooms, our psychedelic mushrooms with my plants. Uh,
0: primarily, but also you're a big uh, advocate for other plant allies, too. It's really, you've helped me, I mean, just working with you in your microcosm, macrocosm, is that the right direction? Is it macro, micro, micro, macro?
1: It can be either, but it's micro, macro. It's okay. all the, same. It's all
0: it's the same. same. But working with you, you have a week about plant allies and it just made me think I've been really rearranging the way I see relationships um, as like relational versus transactional because we're raised in extractive economy, um, capitalism to think that all relationships are transactional but actually they're relational and we're not just in relationship with people we're in relationship with plants and all the and ancestors and allies and all sorts of things and so like I even think of you supporting like herbal tea and like utilizing all sorts of different plant allies with the mat not just those big yeah. yeah
1: big time I'm really about um inspiring people to reconnect with nature I mean Even if you're not inviting something into your body, we can be in relation with nature in so many ways, hugging a tree, getting our bare feet on the earth, you know, smelling a flower, admiring a honeybee. There's like, just walk outside, right? You can find Mm -hmm. magic everywhere.
0: Yeah. 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 And it's not just walking outside, but it's also like our quality of presence too. like everything we do matters. And it's part of how we're like limitless creators. Um, I want to like, I don't want to get too deep too fast. Uh, I want to first ha- Let's talk about your retreat opportunity. Cause I know that's coming up and people are going to want to hear about it from you.
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking about that and bringing it in. Um, yeah. So I'm offering a retreat over 420. So if you are a cannabis lover like me and you celebrate 420 this year you have the opportunity to do it in Hawaii on Oahu which is the main island um, really easy to fly to you would fly into Honolulu but we're gonna be in a um, secluded part of the island on the west side called Makaha and we'll be in a valley there close to the beach, and this year we have um, daily ganja yoga, nightly sound healing, we have a lei po'o workshop, um, lei po'o is the lei you see women wearing a, on their head like a flower crown, I think you guys call it on the mainland, um, let's see what else do we have, oh, we're doing a really fun day on Earth Day, which is part of the retreat, we're going to go out on the water on a private charter boat that has a water slide. So there's really a lot of opportunity to connect with your inner child. And the retreat is called Destination Manifestation. So I believe when we do inner child work, we um, are given the opportunity to connect with like what we loved as a child, which really I believe to be our truest essence. And so um, this retreat gives you the opportunity to transform your life If you if you take it there, but, you know, it's to your degree. And this year, the house we have, each room has its own bathroom, which is important to me, (laughs) Um, especially in this post COVID world that we're living in and what
0: else or or not post-covid because covid is still very present in this like in this in spite of covid world like the ways we can gather in a way that are like harm reduced so like not sharing bathrooms is harm reduced and all of the things right air purifiers are harm reduction masking is harm reduction right Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
0: totally totally
1: um yeah good point so yeah but this retreat is going to be april 19th through the 24th and, um, you can find all the details out on my website. So it's Yoga, and, uh, early bird is on now through February 22nd. So there's a bunch of perks for that. If you decide to book and, um, yeah, I think that's it. Oh yeah. And we're going to have an in-house private chef as well. So we'll be eating a lot of locally sourced, um, food, like from the Ina, so you should be feeling very good if you choose to come and be a part of it
0: <laughs> in a universe where I'm able to do it I would totally come and lay around in Hawaii with you for 420 yeah. that sounds really delightful yeah uh, well I'll put the link to the um to the retreat in the show notes so folks can can connect to it perfect uh, Yay.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it this is the second year of my retreat so it's gonna be fun last okay. year on 420 we like waked and baked in the pool it was really nice as the sun rose <laughs> some of us did and then we had like um an infused brownie cake for breakfast
0: <laughs> Ooh, okay. so
1: it was fun yeah the chef who is helping us her name is ruth she's awesome she's a cannabis lover as well so she made us like um fresh fresh juice with cannabis leaves and all kind of good infused stuff. It was so good.
0: That so. sounds amazing. Uh. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, oh. it'll be good. It's worth every penny. I promise.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and also it's the kind of investment I always like to talk about a money, B money, C money, um, in terms of investments with money, but you could say the same with time and you can say the same with like what you're nourishing yourself with, right? Mm-hmm. Like A money would be like you inherited a million dollars and you spent it all on cocaine and parties, right? Like you're not going to get a big return on investment with that. Um, If you were talking about beverages, A is like Coca-Cola, right? Like you might enjoy the experience of drinking the Coca-Cola, but it's not nourishing your body and it in fact kind of deteriorates you. Um, a B money investment would be real estate, right? Like, you know, if you're like, if you buy something and you own it for 10 years, you're probably going to see a return on investment. It'll be modest, but it'll be what it is. Right. Um, and it's like safe. Right. And so a B beverage would be like diet Coke, right? Like it's harm reduced from Coke, but not necessarily nourishing. It's like there. Um, and then a C investment with money is something that will return on investment multifold. And when you invest in yourself, this is like coaching and like, the types of things that like really help you level up into a new version of yourself so that you can attract more and connect more. Like Tina Turner, for example, she could lose everything she has, but she's Tina Turner. So she can make it back because she has that energetic pull. Right. And so the same would be like water. Water is a nourishing beverage that has a return on investment. Right. Like, and like, yeah, so that's, that's my little thing about like investing in yourself with stuff like that. It has an exponential return because you get better because you did it.
1: Mm-hmm. Big time, yeah. And the the folks who came to the retreat last year, it's cool to see what they've like manifested since. That's yeah,
0: pretty, pretty neat. That is my favorite part of being a healer and a movement professional is just seeing my clients like just level up in their own lives and like how cool it is that they become more themselves. Cause I really think that's how we level up our timelines is like people just becoming more themselves and like doing the thing and following their mm-hmm. desires and not taking the safe and fearful path, but taking uh. like courageous and curious path mm-hmm. which is more fun.
1: Oh yeah. Well said. Yeah.
0: Well yeah. said. Um, okay. So let's also talk about your next macro, microcosm macrocosm cohort.
1: Yes. Yes. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about it. This will be our spring session. Um, it starts February 20th. We meet on Mondays. So, for eight weeks, we'll meet on Monday starting February 20th. And then our last session is actually going to be on Sunday, April 16th, because um, we'll be doing our cacao and integration. So, yeah microcosm macrocosm is an opportunity to microdose psilocybin in community and it's also microdosing psilocybin specifically for manifesting but we kind of work through um, a little it's like a brief little touch on inner child work ancestral work um, like you mentioned activating your allies your plant allies your people allies your pet allies all those things um we talk about specific tools for manifesting and all we do art we do like collaborative fun stuff it's it's uh such a joy to facilitate this so um Yeah, and Bevan, you were in the last cohort, so I don't know if you have anything to add, but um, it really is just such a joy, and it's really a chance to be in community. I mean, microdosing has changed my life for the better, and the overall consensus from the participants of the last two cohorts has been um, the same, like, you know. It it really is when you work with psilocybin in those sub perceptual doses, like microdosing, that's what it is. You really receive a mental health boost. Like as your brain is rewired, you get to recreate your life if you choose. And so that's what I'm here to kind of walk you through if, if you choose. And it's one of those things. It's like it's your journey. You can go as deep or shallow as you want you know, I just put it out there and take what you want, leave what you don't.
0: I think, okay. So first of all, you didn't mention that in every session, there's also very powerful breath work, yoga nidra and sound healing, which goes through the chakras. And so I felt like those to me, just aside from the community was very valuable. And that is of course like an important part to me too, because it's really cool to get to connect with other people about their ancestors and connect with other people about their inner child and their plant allies and all of that that was all really cool but the coolest part of class was like the sound because you're so good like it's so funny how like when I started your class I was like excited about it but then like within a couple sessions I was like oh this is what Tamara was born to do like this is incredible like your sound healings are so good and like I could feel all the tingles and all the spirits working through and in many ways frequently felt like I was getting unplugged and plugged back in. Mm. Um, And Mm -hmm. just, I felt the level up, not just in my emotional and mental well-being, but in my spirit, like I felt like it activated for me. A lot of my psychic abilities just leveled up, like the way my thought life works has changed. Um, I feel uh, more in tune with the world around me. And I think my practice and, and relationship with psilocybin had been deepening that over the last couple of years, but then this like microdosing protocol and like being on a protocol and being in community with people who are taking the same earth medicine, which I think is just incredibly powerful energetically to just be using the same earth medicine as other people in community and like sending that energy to each other every week. Like, oh, just an incredible container. I can't recommend it enough. If you're curious about microdosing and don't know where to start, this is the perfect place to do it with training wheels on. And a funky disclaimer, and by funky I mean it just has a soundtrack that's very funky.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Wookiefit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It. Um, yeah. I can't believe I forgot. Yeah. It's it's like all it's microdosing alongside all of these potent practices to help you really integrate the changes that's that are happening in the brain.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, sound, sound healing, yoga nidra, uh, breath work, like you mentioned, visualizations, meditation. It's, um, it's all important. And it's all there for you, you know?
0: Yeah. So here's the deep thing I didn't say before that I want to get into now is that like, I just watched the movie Everything Everywhere all at once. Um, and what I've realized is like, if you just look at the pos- the endless possibilities that we have for our lives, like on a grid, right. And like literally every choice we make every day affects the linear experience of our lives, right? Like, that's like, where are we on the track of life as we continue to choose higher, like better feeling thoughts, every thought you have is a choice. If I choose my better feeling thought, I have a different experience than when I choose lower feeling thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, if I like make a choice to make a connection with somebody like yeah i run the risk of like being hurt or whatever can happen in connection with someone else but i also run the risk of connection and vulnerability and intimacy which actually makes life better right so like continuing to take more chances has the opportunity to level up your experience right but then it's also influenced by other people's free will choices so in the divine strategy infinite mystery of the multiverse that we're constantly creating like the more we do to improve ourselves and to level up who we are, the higher and better our experience of life gets. Right. Um I had this dream a couple of years ago where I was in a dorm, and the whole dream played out, and it was kind of low key stressful and then I had the same dream in the it, same night, same dream, different like everything looked different, but it was also the same dorm and same people and then I realized after the dream, I was like, "Oh." the second part of the dream, I, I was better. And so the experience was better. And that really like clicked for me that like, Oh, like as I get better, my experience of life gets better. Um, so like in many ways, living like I do now where I'm consciously growing and choosing more optimistic thoughts and choosing to stay in optimism, even as my manifestations are on God's time and not mine. Um, which, you know, is probably the most popular club in the world is like, I thought I'd be farther along by now. Um, But like realizing that, like, it's almost like I live in a living amends for all the time when I didn't know better. And I was living suffering as a teenager um, Mm. who just hated herself, hated her body and felt so limited in the possibilities. Right. But in fact, Mm. the truth is we have limitless possibilities and psilocybin like mushrooms have been around for 160 million years. Pharmaceuticals have been around for Couple hundred, you know, like, and they don't offer us the kind of healing that we can get through psilocybin. Mm. There's so much possible for us.
1: Mm, 100%. Yeah. Mm. And on that note, with pharmaceuticals, interestingly, though I do not recommend this, I am not a doctor. I am not recommending <laughs> this. Um,
0: we can but- put your disclaimer at the beginning of this episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two, two participants of the microcosm macrocosm sangha, the community, decided to quit their pharmaceuticals when they started dosing. Wow. And one person was on um, an SSRI, which is like depressant, and also ADHD medication. The other person was on an SSRI. So both of them decided, I'm going to substitute these microdoses for my prescription medication, And, um, to my knowledge, they're still off of their prescriptions, which is like huge. And again, I'm not recommending this, but it is something for you to research on your own because it is hard to get off of these antidepressants and anti-anxiety and the ADHD meds that your parents decided to put you on at whatever age, you know? So, um, there, there is hope and mushrooms can help.
0: Um, I think there's a lot of potential for psilocybin Um, it's so interesting how like it's purity culture that has kept us from connecting to these like this ancestral wisdom will you talk a little bit about um, you shared about her I think week two in the macrocosm Um, she was like a thought leader in terms of bringing psilocybin therapy and psychedelics to us here on the mainland
1: yeah yeah, are you talking about Maria Sabina?
0: I sure am talking about Maria Sabina. Yeah, yeah,
1: she's one of my heroes. Um, She was a Mexican curandera, which is the word for a medicine woman. And she would forage in the hills and gather what she called holy children, which were these psychedelic mushrooms. And she used them to heal all kinds of stuff, not just... Um, metaphysical ailments but physical ailments right so she um, is just one of those beautiful souls who found her path and walked it and basically this western scientist um, asked to be part of one of her ceremonies she agreed and this is how mushroom medicine was brought to the west and popularized in the 60s and 70s And we really have her to thank for, you know, the availability and kind of the resurgence of this wisdom today. Um, Yeah, Maria Sabina. So she is just a beautiful example of kind of walking your path, finding what your path is and walking it. And regardless of what anyone says, because unfortunately, you know, most people don't know this or talk about it, but after she did um invite the westerner to a ceremony he took back the wisdom he had gained there was an article published i think in time magazine and then an onslaught of westerners were coming to mexico and trying to experience what they'd read about and maria's village ended up disowning her and she died penniless and alone because they felt like you know why why would she do that this was like their sacred thing that kind of thing yeah but um yeah i think overall i'm really grateful for for her and um i think that answers your question yeah it sure
0: does and here's hoping that in the afterlife as our ancestor maria sabina um has the peace and the relational harmony to know how much she affected the world and how you know as we talk about her her legacy lives on And that sucks, though, that like sometimes being a visionary and being ahead of your time and being generous with knowledge isn't Mm -hmm. perceived with understanding or grace from the people around you. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, it's so funny. I was just talking to a friend about the field dating app, which is like an app for folks who are like poly or like looking for a third. Like it's a very it's it's an app where it tells you you have to use a fake name um, and otherwise they'll kick you off. And then like, there's the hinge app, which is the opposite. If you use a fake name, they will kick you off. So it's like, right. And so the field app, I guess, got a write-up in the New Yorker. And so a friend of mine was talking about how all the normies are getting on it and like (laughs) not understanding like polyamory or ethical non-monogamy and not like, um, so yeah, that kind of reminds me of the Maria Sabina, you know, just getting written up and then all the normies come and like want to take over or. Yeah. Um, but here's to this medicine being far more widely available now. Um, and uh there's lots of other episodes I have, um, including one with Samantha Montanaro. Um, I think it's an episode of 130s. So if you look through the 130s, you'll find her. But she talks about like you how to find it, how to grow it, how to like, mm-hmm. you know, she really recommends getting it from people you know, you know, and mm-hmm. like finding a trusted source in that way. And then of course, like we're in the new psychedelic revolution, so within, I would say, five years, you're going to be able to go to a store in many states okay. um, and know, like, and really finding out, like, what, which mushrooms you're using, because it's not just, like, one psychedelic mushroom. There's lots of kinds, mm-hmm. um, and they all have different effects. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you comfortable sharing the protocol that we used for microdosing in the in our sure. program? Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: the So there's different... Different folks, different mycologists recommend different protocols. The one I found that works for me that I invite people to adapt is um, dosing four days in a row and then taking three days off. Again, a lot of people like to do one day on, one day off. You know, some people do five days on, two days off. But regardless of the protocol you choose, your brain needs two days to reset the receptors that accept the psilocin. And so... Yeah, the four days on, three days off really works well for me. And that's what I think most people in the container ended up doing. Yeah, Um, yeah.
0: that's what I did.
1: That's been great. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And, I've, yeah. and I and
0: I've been continuing cool. to go. So I did this as kind of like, you know, I saw I needed something to look forward to in the winter. And so I figured why not like I, the nine weeks are gonna go by whether I'm intentionally growing my brain or not. And like it was really good. It's been the lightest seasonal depression I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And it's been really supportive of me leveling up like my thought life and like which thoughts come forth first and mm-hmm. how I experience the world around me. Like it was interesting because I had never done a micro dosing protocol before I'd only ever like micro dosed, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just taken a little and, and I didn't like that feeling. But what was interesting is when I first did the first four days, by the end of day four, it was still sub perceptual when I would take it. But like the first day I had off, I felt the euphoria that I typically feel from taking what I would call a party dose, like not mm. incapacitated. And I didn't have a head high. It was just like, I felt the spirit lift from mm. the four days, but that kind of that didn't stay true. You know what I mean? I never really got back to the euphoria feeling. It's, it was just kind of like a settled, you know, kind of joyful sparkle to things in life and like, um, more soothing, calm mental health and not ups and downs, which is, you know, frankly, a winter miracle for this seasonal <laughs> effective babe, you know, and I'm just so grateful for the medicine and for you and the container and like knowing that they're wavy caps that we were using. Yeah. And the way the world works so mysteriously is like I had learned in a seminar last year what you can look up in order to know what you can forage. And so I had gotten the scientific name for wavy caps. So I looked it up online and then they said, oh, these are wavy caps and this is what it looks like. And so I had literally looked at the same exact picture you used in the intro for the macrocosm. And I was like, oh, it's these and these are what I've been looking for on the ground and I never found them on the ground but I found them with Tamara you know so
1: whoa oh how cool how cool and what great feedback because for me as well I really was excited to dose during this winter because the past few years have been rough you know seasonal winter depression is very real and Mm -hmm. this year I was like you know what I'm gonna rewrite my story this year and I did and it was, you know, thanks to the mushrooms, but also thanks to me, you know, mm-hmm. thanks to me. Yeah. It, it, you know, takes work.
0: Yeah. And the thing that I really learned in using psilocybin um, is that it is a co like it's a friend and an ally to the mindfulness work you're already doing. Right. Like I meditate every day. And so I added psilocybin to it and it leveled up like the benefits from that because it creates more neuroplasticity. And your mindfulness practices are what is leveraging your neuroplasticity in order to change your trauma circuits, right? Like hard stuff happens to us. We don't know how to process it. Most of what affects us as kids is with trauma is not having a place to process the feelings. And so the feelings get stored in the body, they get stored in the brain, and they get stored in these toxic loops that we get stuck in. And so psilocybin and other psychedelic treatments help you kind of like level out of those and like pairing that with the mindfulness protocols, affirmations, like uh, manifestation writing and stuff like that, all of that stuff and the journal prompts you gave and all of that, like, and sound healing, all of it just kind of helps you in making different choices that level up your experience. Mm -hmm. And I've heard psychedelics say like, it's like a shortcut to healing. Like it can short circuit years off of your healing journey because of what it makes available for your brain.
1: Big time. Yeah. And I know for me, the reason I am so passionate about sharing the good word of microdosing and really the medicine of psilocybin in general is um, I was a very, very heavy alcohol abuser for a very long time, for a long time. And I made the decision. I'm coming up on two years sober. So that's like huge. I made the decision to cut it out of my life because it really wasn't serving me or anyone else. I was really in a place of deep resentment, deep rage. Um, Anger was a very comfortable place for me. So I've done all this healing work on myself over the past two years. But my point was that psilocybin and microdosing really helped heal my brain from the damage that alcohol had done. Mm-hmm. And I, I did, I'm a very sort of, um, when I'm interested in something, I go real deep. I try and learn as much as I can about it.
0: Yeah. Are you an ADHD cutie too?
1: I don't know. I have never been diagnosed as that. I don't think so, but I don't know. I'm a double Gemini sun and moon. So I'm very airy. Mm-hmm. So I'm, lots of curiosity like, naturally. Yeah. I like yeah. a lot of things. And, um, sometimes I have a hard stuff finishing stuff mm-hmm. or a hard time finishing stuff, but, um, yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I don't identify as one, but I'm not sure.
0: I mean, listen, I didn't realize until I was like 42. Oh, I think I'm ADHD. And it was because someone who's tools I was using for productivity got diagnosed alongside her daughter. And then I was like, if your tools for productivity help me and your ADHD, maybe I should look at these symptoms and see if this is me. And then I realized, oh, it is me. And what's been really beautiful about that is it just helps me feel more compassionate with my brain. I've realized a lot of stuff that I thought in my childhood years were like diet culture things and like eating disorder things were actually ADHD things. Cause like part of what your brain responds really well to like crunchy salty food and so that was actually me soothing my ADHD brain in a way that like I thought was like foods food addiction stuff it's so fascinating like mm-hmm. how just understanding your brain more um, mm-hmm. and understand and it's like you know you can identify with things without being limited by them and I feel like that's kind of been my journey right like it's mm-hmm. like the identity becomes a sanctuary for you to like understand more about who you are But then also, of course, you're unique in that way. And like, I think my hyper focus is my superpower because that's my Mm -hmm. curiosity, which I think is my intuition coming in to tell me you need to learn about this. There have been times where I got the like strong notion, like just really obsessed with like cannabis. Like I'm so like, there's always more questions than there are answers for me. Like I find out more and then I want to know more. Same with the Grateful Dead, like as I got curious about it and then I'm just like falling down this like tie dye wormhole, right? Like of just constantly learning new stuff. Right. And so that I know is something I'm supposed to be following. And so I love that about you that you like, Um, I did the same thing with tea. Actually, I had to give up coffee for my body. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, well, let me figure out what kind of tea I like. So therefore I got very interested in tea and like fell down that rabbit hole. So, Mm -hmm. um, so you fell down the mushroom rabbit hole in pursuing sobriety from alcohol.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because before that, my interaction with mushrooms had been recreational purely, you know, and I had had profound experiences, um, But it was always the the macro trip, the, you know, trip in bubbles and and all that. And, um, though there is absolutely value in those experiences as well, don't get me wrong. Uh, I really think, I really think working with psilocybin in microdoses is like just profound. It just, it sticks. It's like the changes stick. And when you have that macro trip, Definitely realizations come in, you know, the, this idea of oneness and you hear it over and over, like, we're not separate from nature. We are nature. Generally, when I trip, take a macro dose, uh, whoever I'm with is like, where'd you go? And I'm like, oh man, I was talking to this tree. Like I just find a tree and I talk to him for four hours, you know, and um, learn all the wisdom that they are willing to share with me. The
0: trees are the plant, the priests and priestesses of the plant world. I learned this from my friend, Scott Smith, who's been on this podcast a lot. Um, And it's because they, they stay in one place and they live a long time. So Mm -hmm. like you can learn so much from trees. Trees are also... Uh, ministers of generosity because they literally like they're the other half of our respiratory system so as we breathe out they're breathing in and vice versa but when they breathe out it's not like they're saying you know tamra doesn't deserve to breathe today like she wasn't perfect and she wasn't performing under extractive economy uh, colonialism so she doesn't get to have breath now no Mm -hmm. breath is abundant a resource it's the kind of resource that teaches you about abundance like you can't breathe all your breaths for the rest of your life you have to breathe moment by moment by moment it has mm-hmm. in order to breathe you have to be in the moment so the trees are providing you a moment by moment generosity lesson mm-hmm. um so i love that when you do a macro dose you go out and talk to your priests and priestesses yeah that's generally where i end up Ah, oh, i'd love I it good place to be have yeah. you ever been able to notice the heart of a tree before hmm it's so cool I just like here's another thing from the macrocosm it's like these little level ups where I'm like I I have learned how in the last few weeks to identify land in a new way like the land introduces itself to me mm-hmm. and it's also funny because I'm realizing now I had a macro trip once in Florida and that land while I was on the mushrooms introduced itself to me um and like I could tell who the grandmother tree was like in these but it was so clear and like Anyway, but you're right. Like, I think the microdosing helps to cement it in, in a longer term way versus the like aha awareness and then back to my regular life.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really cool because it's always available and, you know, I'm a forest dweller too. I know you live in the forest too. I live in a Mm -hmm. rainforest and, um, I also live in
0: a rainforest.
1: Oh, oh, okay, cool. yeah. In so the rain like,
0: shadow part of a rainforest, but yeah.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Just different latitude, I guess. I'm like way south and you're way north. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But really just building relationship with the forest. And like you said, you know, learning about the land and the family and the grandmother tree or, you know, whatever it is. It's really cool.
0: It's so rad. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell me about how your use of psilocybin has helped to heal your brain from alcohol.
1: Oh, um, good question. Yeah. So what I noticed was, so, okay. When I dosed coming off of alcohol, I did an intentional protocol, just like we do in the microcosm macrocosm. So I was like, I'm going to dose for 12 weeks. And that's when I kind of figured out what schedule worked for me. And that's why I share the four days on, three days off. That's what I did for 12 weeks. And um, for me, I really, like I said, when I was drinking, was in a cycle of, I was angry. I was really fucking angry and it was very comfortable to be that. I was so angry. I was so resentful of everything and like it literally started manifesting in my body. Like I started having a pain in my side for years, been for years. And I realized like, okay, maybe it's the alcohol creating this pain. Turns out, obviously, it was my emotional health that was probably creating this pain. And so the mushrooms really helped me to I went in intentionally and I was like, I want to heal my brain. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be resentful anymore. And it helped to, um, the only way I can describe it is like, like a track, like you, like you're in a track of whatever you choose. So if your thought pattern is angry and pissed and resentful of everything, does no matter what, like I was, I'm just in that track and everything that happens to me, I'm going to be pissed about no matter what. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the mushrooms come in and they kind of like disrupt that and all of a sudden the track switches and so instead you're choosing maybe not it's not like instantly oh yeah life's great you know whatever but this day I'm not gonna be as angry as I was yesterday and I I was also really struggling with depression as well and so it really helped me to just like switch tracks like that's the best way I can describe it was just like like a train switching tracks, like, okay, I'm going to choose something else, because what I'm choosing is not serving me, you know,
0: mm-hmm. it's okay. choosing that better feeling thought, which is then leveling up your experience of life, It's exactly. very much continuously changing the track that you're on, because yeah. if you don't change anything, nothing changes, and usually we decline, um, Exactly.
1: because
0: if you don't change, everything else is changing, because that's nature, and that's God, and mm-hmm. so things changing without you means they're leveling up, or leveling on and you're leveling down because you're yeah. using that to change
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i remember one day during that first microdosing protocol where i was like washing dishes or doing something totally mundane that is a chore i think it was washing dishes and i realized that i was happy doing it like i was enjoying it i was humming to myself and yeah the dishes gotta get washed like it's a thing that needs to happen but my experience while I'm doing it is my choice. You know, it's like, okay, I can be joyful doing this or I can be pissed and it can be a drudgery. Like, what am I going to choose? What feels better? Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was just such a positive experience for me. And after the 12 weeks of that protocol, I was changed. I was like on the way to being the person I am. being my true self to being like authentically me and I'm just so grateful for this beautiful earth medicine because yeah I was like you know suicidal ideation depression anger all those things it was it was rough for a few years for me really rough really dark but
0: I'm mm-hmm. glad that you chose better feeling thoughts because I've really benefited from your healing work. And um, and also I, I heard depression called a rage turned inward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kind of tracks that like you're depressed and you're angry, you're depressed mm-hmm. and you're full of rage. And like you took responsibility and you chose to change your experience and that makes mm-hmm. such a big difference.
1: Yeah, yeah. And for me, I mean, as I learned about alcohol and what it actually does to you mm-hmm. and your brain, I was just like, bruh, this is just another way. <laughs> another way the man's like pulling the wool over your eyes. Because guess who? Guess who big alcohol markets do? Number one, mm. mothers. Really? Yeah. You've seen the kids in the onesie, like, I drink because you cry.
0: Oh, wow. Or is it wine Man. o'clock?
1: It's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah. I, I won't go down that tangent, but, oh, girl, I'm telling you.
0: <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, they'll poison whoever they can get into. Um, yeah. And it's, it's really a shame. I stopped drinking 10 years ago, but I realized recently that my drinking bottom was actually like four years before I really stopped. Cause it took me a while to just realize, you know, I don't even need this. Like, and I, I can release this and it's okay. And I really like, I'm grateful for cannabis because I think it helps me heal. And yeah. it does the things in my brain that I think my mental health needed and was seeking relief from the be alcohol, because alcohol is so prevalent and available, but mm-hmm. actually mindful cannabis use really helps me get the relaxation I needed. And also, of course, addresses lots of health concerns. Um, and of course, like everything, like everything is a drug, depending on how you use it, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. it's a drug or it's an ally. And like, how do you want to live? That's and true. that's all choices, right? Mm-hmm. And if you've ever loved a drug addict or an alcoholic, you know that they're choices and you just have to let them do it. Something that you reminded me of was something my first sponsor in Allenon taught me, which is that like, you really don't want to go to the extreme highs and lows. You want to get to that like potent between 40 and 60 middle place, like where you're just chilled no matter what. And that's really, I think that homeostasis like that, the mushrooms can kind of help us create with the microdosing protocols. Like that homeostasis is peace. And for those of us who are raised in chaos and trauma, um, and or who experienced a lot of that, like in our love lives, because we were just mimicking the alcoholic environments we grew up in, like that chaos of trauma is the normal. And so we're used to feeling all these types of extremes. And in fact, a peaceful life is like in, between the 40 and 60.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah. Um, can you talk about your uh, path to becoming a yogi and like sound healer and all the, all the things that you have so much competency in?
1: Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, let me think. Yeah. Um, so I owned a business in on Oahu before I now live on Hawaii Island before that I was on Oahu. So when I was there, I owned a business. Um, it was a vacation rental cleaning company. It was a very successful very busy I did not have a day off for eight years um I worked every holiday because my employees had kids so I'm not going to make them work Christmas I ain't got no kids you know I don't care I'll work Christmas um so for eight years it was a grind like grinding hard right and I got into yoga um in 20 I got back into yoga in like 2015 and My um, partner's mom got very sick, and um, we discovered yoga, kind of rediscovered it together during that time. We both discovered Yoga Nidra during that time, and it really helped us um, through his mom getting sick and dying, you know, in in the span of five months. And during that five months, um, I should also mention, I was an award-winning brewer. Um, we owned a brewery on Oahu as well. So oh. I, um, yeah, so his mom getting sick really forced me to kind of recalibrate and take stock of my life and where I was headed and what I really wanted to be doing. And I did not want to make a product that kills people every day. And I I did continue to drink excessively, but um, I knew I didn't want to go forward with our brewery. And so we kind of like took a 90 degree turn and that's when I signed up for my yoga teacher training um, and I studied under my teacher. His name is Yogi Charu. It was uh, the best thing I've ever done for myself. It was sunrise to sunset for three di- three weeks and um, just the most esoteric journey I've ever been on. And He studied with yogis in the Himalayas in like caves. So a lot of what he taught is taught through oral tradition. So you won't find it in like Western yoga books. And I'm extraordinarily grateful that he was so generous to share his knowledge with all of us. Um, So that's how I got into like teaching yoga was just, I, you know, I sold my business, the cleaning company. We sold our brewery um stopped brewing kept drinking but yeah got more into yoga and then I we decided we didn't want to be part of Babylon part of the capitalism um capitalistic like realm I guess on Oahu and we decided we wanted to own a home in Hawaii and how do you do that okay we're going to build it ourselves so we moved to Hawaii Island And I took six months off and really got clear about like, what do I want to do, you know, and what really is my passion and like, you know, yoga teachers, they tell you, you need to find a niche, like, because yoga is so broad. There's so many kinds of yoga. There's so many kinds of yogis as well. So, yeah, I just took um, my time. What am I passionate about? Okay, I love weed. (laughs) Um, I love yoga. And so in 2020, in January, I went and trained with Didu who wrote the book, Ganja Yoga. But um, sadhus have, have been, like, yogis have been working with cannabis for thousands of years. She really popularized it in the West. Um, so studying with her was amazing. And then, of course, you know, the pandemic came and... So yeah, I I was really, we had, I had a lot of time to introspect and get clear about what I want to offer and, um, and also to really get deep into my own practice, um, with yoga and cannabis and then eventually microdosing and integrating all the, all the things, you know, back into something that I can then offer.
0: I love that. I also love Dee. Um, and I also love how like every ganja yoga practitioner has their own flavor to it. Um, but like, it's funny. Cause like, I had to know, like, as a person who enjoys yoga, um, I had to kind of learn like, okay, I don't like Hatha. <laughs> I don't like vinyasa, right? Like I like had to figure out like all the flavors and stuff so, cause I like to move slow and it's actually the more inner child healing work I've done. I've actually realized my inner child likes to dawdle the slower you walk, the more mushrooms you see, you know, like the more interaction with the trees you have, like, I don't want to go fast. And so when I'm doing my yoga practice, I want it to be very slow. So like, I love yin. I love ganja yoga, because I know we're going to move really slow. And like, even some ganja yoga classes never even leave the ground, which like Mm -hmm. is so like, it's just soothing to my body and like what and the pace that my body needs. And I know there might be like an Aries or a Sagittarius out there who just like needs it to be sparky and moving and fast. And that's good there's a yum for everybody out there and there's plenty of yoga teachers to connect to. So, um, okay. yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I'm glad that you were brave enough to take time off. You were brave enough to take space and like not be afraid of what you might find. Cause I think oh. a lot of the disease of alcoholism is just hiding ourselves from ourselves. Like we're afraid of the truth and plant medicine is a truth revealer. So like, I'm actually, it's so funny. Cause I'm, uh, just slow to use plant medicine with someone new, unless it's someone I feel like I can trust, if that makes mm. sense. Because it's like, if I can't trust you with honesty, I'm going to want to stay sober so that I can be a little bit more cognizant of like how I interact with you. But if yeah. I feel like I can really trust you, then I'll elevate with the plant medicine and we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I think really for me to feel authentic in what I'm offering I have had to walk this path because I literally like changed everything because it just wasn't going to work for me anymore and I'll I find a lot of the time people say well I could never do that or you know I blah 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 whatever it is I just bought a house I just did this or that and it's like who fucking cares if you're not happy and you're not like getting up saying Fuck yeah, most days, like, obviously, it's not gonna be every day. But you know, if you're not excited about your life, change it, yo, like no one's stopping you. It's your life. You know, that's what I'm here to, I feel like inspire people to do. And since I've done it myself, it's like, Oh, yeah, she did it. You know, I could do that. If I, you know,
0: it's really scary to like go from being the type of self-employed where you work every day. I was just thinking about that today, actually. I'm like, I am like, I would rather work a little bit every day than have to work a lot, a lot of days, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, like, you know, everybody's working for the weekend and for holidays and like, I have no days off because I just run two businesses full heart, right. Full out with Mm -hmm. no, with no employees. Someday I'll have employees and maybe I'll have days off and that'll be a different life. But, um, It's just cool to like then go from that like hyper hustle mode to clear the calendar, take the economic risk of like no income for six months and see what happens and what's true for you and be willing to change. And like there's a lot of I mean, people don't understand like how wealth works and like how a lot of wealth is lifestyle choices. And, like, reducing, like, the nut, like, the what your monthly cost is. Um, the
1: overhead, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I haven't had Starbucks in three years. And part of it is just because I wanted more options in my life, you know? And, like, you know, and it's not medicine. It's not nourishing to me. And anything I like at Starbucks, I can probably make it home, you know, mm-hmm. in alignment with my dietary needs and um, all that to say, you know, we just have more choices than the limited perception we get uh, from the extractive, exploitative Economy capitalism.
1: <laughs> yeah. Big time. Big time. Yeah. 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 I'm really glad you brought that in. It's so true. because it's like us moving to a place that's less convenient. You know, we're like you asked before we started recording, how long is it to go get groceries to drive? Yeah, it's a little further, but, um, you know, I don't have to pay the $2,000 a month rent anymore because I actually own my house, you know, like all those things make a difference I feel like
0: and you and your partner have built your house from YouTube videos
1: more or less yeah from the ground up like everything like foundation like plumbing electric drywall everything tile like the list goes on yeah if we don't know how to do something we just consult good old YouTube
0: I love the age of Aquarius and the amount of information we have available to us in order to put our dreams together.
1: It's amazing. And though I will say if you're, if you're out there watching this, like I'm gonna do the same thing. Okay. Don't just pick one video. Okay. Like watch a bunch because some people on YouTube, they're full of shit and they're going to tell you something that ain't right. Okay. So you got to like do your research, you know, make sure, make sure it's good.
0: Trust so. your discernment, take a pause and consider, this is my big lesson from 2022 was like, trust your discernment and allow for time for discernment. So take a pause with someone before you trust them. Like what's their motivation and take a pause with yourself. What's my motivation, right? Uh-huh. So like some people are just putting BS on YouTube because it worked for them. And like, maybe they have a different type of, but like something that vexed me a lot in my days trying to use a drill to hang shelves was like every place I moved had different walls and it was like a different learning curve every time and I hated oh. that learning curve mm-hmm. um,
1: yeah can yeah that's the uh, <laughs> truth right that's the truth right there yeah yeah big time yeah I don't know but I'll, I gotta say this process of building the house we're not done yet but we are living in it and it is amazing like if I don't say so myself um
0: Where were you living before, like, before, like, as your foundation is going in, what were you doing?
1: uh, We were living in this tiny cottage that's on this property, too. Oh. So, yeah, this tiny, tiny, tiny cottage. We were there for two and a half years, and then we moved in in July
0: of 2021. Wow, that's great. How long? So, it's been since 2019? Okay.
1: 2019.
0: Yeah. it's goals Tamara, to build a yeah. house from scratch uh yeah. I mean, maybe not for me but goals for somebody uh to just like do the dang thing and like make it like all to exactly what you want and develop competencies yeah. and self-trust as you do it because at a certain point you're like i know what to do with drywall
1: yeah i do <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i did i did the struggle yeah and people come see our house and they're like wait, you guys did this? And we're like, yeah, we did it.
0: Oh, that's really cool. That's so sweet. And like, it's fun how when you're in partnership with someone, the creation energy is really limitless. Like, I mean, a lot of people in extractive economy. <laughs> I to I'm just like trying to get more specific when I complain. Oh my
1: about- God. You should have like a ticker. Uh-huh. Like every time you say that, it's like, bing, bing. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> it was funny because like, I'm so willing to learn. That's one of my favorite things about me. And someone, uh, I was in a seminar with this like multimillionaire on uh, Thursday, and he really challenged my thinking. He's like, capitalism is an opportunity. It's not money that's bad. It's people's character that's revealed by money, right? And so it's the same thing is true with capitalism, right? Our experience of capitalism in the negative way is because of the extractive, exploitative economy that we're all funneled into. Like they don't, everyone has to file their taxes in the United States, but we don't learn how to do our taxes in high school. Why? Why? right? Like, because they don't want to teach you how to leverage the system. The Mm -hmm. billionaires don't pay taxes. Why? Because they know how to do their taxes. Like it's like, it's it's all these little gatekeeps, right? And so Mm -hmm. once you zoom out and get specific about what you're complaining about and what you're in critique of, really, I'm not even complaining about it. I'm just in critique of it and trying to convince people to exit so -hmm. they understand. But capitalism itself is just an opportunity for you and me to own our own businesses and create our own life, which I am very grateful for. Me too. I feel like in many ways it could just be the drinking game or the smoking game. <laughs> Take a drink of water every time I say extractive, exploitative economy capitalism. Oh, there you um, go. I there also, go. I'm toying with the idea of carceral capitalism because it is also based and tied with the prison industrial complex. Mm. Um, so yeah. I feel like these, these are things. But I'm also looking for more terms of phrases. So if you have them, please email me back at danceparty at gmail.com. I'm always trying to like sharpen what I mean when I talk about things. And be willing to change because it's right. I was complaining about capitalism as a whole, but in fact, I meant the ways in which we're extracted and exploited in Mm. this economy. Yeah. Um, Okay. So another thing I want to learn from you uh, before we get to doing a little breath work that you're going to demo for us at the end of the episode uh, is just like how um, you came to your adulthood. Like you... Were I don't think you were raised in Hawaii or maybe you were for part of it and like how you kind of came to be like a nearly 40-year-old person on this new life path. Like, how'd you get here? Hmm. Not too vague of a question.
1: Yeah. Um, wow, that's a big question. Well, okay. Um, <clears throat> so I had a very visceral memory surface when I was in Kauai, um in 2018, right before I moved here to do this house building and everything. And I remembered swimming up from the bottom of the ocean and like choosing my mom. And um, so that's I think how I chose to be iterated in this life. Um, yeah. But I mean, as far as like in this physical realm, uh, we, I, I did grow up in Hawaii. Um, we moved a lot in support of my dad's career. He what he was not in the military, but yeah, we moved a lot. Like even when we were living in North Carolina, I think I went to like seven different schools. So I've been forced by external things that were out of my control to be extremely adaptable Um, and i've yeah i've lived all over kind of like east coast texas i went to college in boston i lived in la um, dc like all over and hawaii has always been home for me so i found my way back here in 2009 and i I I will never leave again for sure but um yeah I think just like the experience of moving so much really shaped who I am and then I my parents got divorced uh when I was an adult um and I was a young adult I think I was like 20s 22 maybe and that is when I remember um you, starting to work with cannabis intentionally to like, I started having panic attacks. Cause I was like in the middle of their divorce. Cause I was old enough for them to both bitch and moan to me about whatever the fuck they were going through. And, um,
0: my favorite boundary right now is that no one will ever complain to me about my parents' divorce ever again, because uh, my dad is dead and my mom and I just have this boundary with my mom. So
1: <laughs> that's good. I need to set that up because yeah, even the other day, I my my dad texted me out of the blue like, "Was I a shitty dad to you?" Oh my God. And I'm like, "Is that a text? Is this a text? No, you need to fucking call me, right?" And t- that's a, that's the conversation. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I ended. Up-
0: I think a lot of us yeah. who are old enough souls who have like come in and chosen our parents are probably older souls than our parents and have more to teach them. Hundred than- percent. And like, in our paradigm, our colonial paradigm, that's patriarchal, they want us to believe that our parents are authority figures, Mm -hmm. when in fact, I think the age of Aquarius is really going to do some favors to kids realizing like, oh, there's more to the world than what my family's limited views are. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I don't know if that answers your question. That was kind of meandering, but.
0: No, it, it was great because like I left it so open-ended. I got this like nice metaphysical beginning. Like I came up from the sea and chose my mom. I love that. Like it feels really, It, it in many ways, it feels very real to me that I chose my grandmother and then my grandmother had my mom and that's how I came about. So like I've always felt such a strong connection to my grandmother and of her three daughters. I'm the perfect match for her cancer daughter because my grandmother's a Capricorn. And all of our matrilineal line that, as far as we know, is all Capricorn women. And so like, then there's my mom who's a cancer, the opposite. And then there's me who's another Capricorn. So like, uh, it just, it's the right, it's the right flow. Um, so it's so, and it's funny to think of either of my aunts being my mom and I'm like, no, this was the right one. Um,
1: but
0: yeah. And like, and I'm an only child, unlike everyone else in the family who had multiple kids and so but i got all those resources because my dad was also set up to abandon me because i needed mm. to learn those father wound lessons so that i can now teach from a healing divine masculine place that, mm. that makes sense yeah um, yeah it does yeah anyway, i love a metaphysical answer um and i love connecting with you tamara i'm so glad we got to share um i'm going to say the end of episode things now because i want to end it on the breathwork because i'm going to invite everybody who's listening or watching out there in the world um, either right after we recorded this or years in the future, um, to be present for this breath work, but just want to thank you so much, Tamara, for sharing your wisdom. And I super hope if you feel connected to Tamara in any way, hit the links in the show notes and go and follow on Instagram, subscribe to the mailing list, go to the retreat. If you're feeling called to it, definitely get into a macrocosm, microcosm, microcosm, macrocosm. macrocosm uh, cause I can't, suggest microdosing and community enough it's sub perceptual it's not a heavy trip it is just a gentle level up in how you experience the world
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Mm, thank you so much for having me Bevan this has been wonderful it's been so um just nice (laughs) and lovely
0: yay okay I'm gonna turn off my mic so there's no background noise so that you can lead us through a nice little breath work thing okay sounds good
1: Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, we'll just do a little bit of breath work to what I like to call, like, balance our, um, in yoga, it's called the sushumna Nadi. It's this, like, energy channel that runs right down the center line of all your chakras. So we have these like seven chakras going through the center of our body. They're just energy centers. They spin like a wheel, more or less. That's a very brief description. So we're going to do a balancing breath. Um, it's called Nadi Shodna. So if you are going to join along, we'll just go ahead and close the eyes down. And if that's uncomfortable, just gaze toward the floor. And bringing the spine a little longer than it was before. And checking in that the shoulders are nice and relaxed. You can kind of shrug them out. And then moving upward. The neck is loose. You can tilt the head side to side. And lastly, making sure the jaw is nice and unclenched. Just doing these little things to release any unconscious tension we're holding. And then we'll bring our right hand so the palm is toward the face. And we'll place the right thumb next to the right nostril. And then we'll place our pinky and ring finger next to the left nostril. And taking our peace fingers, our index and middle, And we'll just let them drop between the eyebrows and here before we get into the breath work it might feel good to apply a little pressure between the eyebrows maybe even making some micro circles just kind of loving up our pineal gland to further open this energy line in the body Mm, good So when you're ready, we'll expel the air out of the nose and then we'll close the right nostril only with the thumb and inhale through the left and hold the air in at the top and we'll switch sides, close the left nostril, open the right and exhale. and hold the air out and then we'll inhale through that right nostril holding at the top and switch sides open the left nostril close the right exhale And hold the air out. And then we'll inhale through the left nostril. And hold at the top. Switch sides. Close the left, open the right nostril, exhale. Hold the air out, and we'll do one more round. So inhale through the right. Hold at the top. Switch sides, open the left, exhale. And for this last round, just move at your pace. Inhale, left side, hold at the top. Switch sides, exhale, right side. Pause for a moment. Inhale when you're ready. Hold at the top before you switch for your last exhale from the left nostril. And when you're complete with the eyes still closed, just lower that right hand back down to the left. Return the breath to normal. And notice any shifts in the mind-body-organism. Maybe you feel a little bit more peaceful or relaxed. Maybe even finding a little balance here. Mm. And bringing the eyes to slowly blink open when you're ready incredible what a few conscious breaths can do for you. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much, Bevan, for having me again and mm, sending good vibes and all my love to everyone listening and watching later. <laughs>